It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Jonathan Sanborn, and you're listening to Counterculture. You know, counterculture, is a, it's a popular term. It, you want, we want to be against some things of aspects of culture, but we're talking about being countercultural the way Jesus asks us to. And I, I really, truly believe in my travels and, and experiences that the more we follow Jesus, the more often we're going to be in opposition to culture. But that doesn't make us oppositional. It's going to make us – put us in a place where we're br- building bridges and we're building – and we're bringing peace. And so often it's to be like Jesus, to be a peacemaker, to love those that society rejects, now that is countercultural. And, that, and, we, and on this show, we want to highlight those people who are in the trenches crossing barriers and building bridges between any group of people that has been um, – set aside or wherever there's conflict, I believe the followers of Christ can step into those places. And so that's why this show exists. And um, so it's really thank you for tuning in. We have a great show today. We have with us in studio Lisa Jernigan. Lisa is an advocate, speaker, peacemaker, and trainer for global engagement. And she is co-founder of Amplify Peace. Boy, do I love Amplify Peace. I love that name. Very catchy. <laughs> so it's a global movement which promotes the principles of peacemaking through trainings, resources, and transforming encounters both locally and globally. She travels to the Middle East and Africa to meet and collaborate with faith and community leaders. And Lisa's a local here. She lives in Mesa, Arizona with her husband, Cal, who's some dude. And uh, no, he's lead pastor at Central Christian Arizona. Their greatest joy is their two grown children – their spouses, and wait, I, I, maybe it's a typo, but it says eight grandchildren. So, yes. I, okay, is that true? It's so true. So true. Wow. Okay. So, thank you and welcome, Lisa. Oh, it's an honor. It's excited. I'm so glad you're here. So, before we get into Amplify Peace and your story, we have a really important segment. It's called Fake News. Oh, no. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. I'm ready. So, how here's how fake news works. So, by the way, I have about a 60% track record okay. of being good at this and 40% failure. So I don't pretend that I'm great at this. Okay. So let's see if you can stump me. I'm going so, I'm I'm to hope you, pr- you fail. Okay? I hope, you hope I fail. <laughs> I like she's wishing. Lisa has the gift I mean of encouragement. In a way, okay? She has the gift of encouragement. I could tell. Um, so fake news. You name two things, one of which is true, one is not, in whatever order you want. And I have to guess which one's fake. So name two things about yourself. Um, okay, so I had the privilege of meeting Mother Teresa. Okay. I also have a hobby that I enjoy of juggling. Juggling. Okay. Now, no, I'm guessing the, the probability of each one of those is actually high. I think it's possible you could be e- either one of those. But I'm going to say that you met Mother Teresa. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Oh, your wishes came true. I was wrong. No, no, I wish. I wish. But I, I met a woman who I think is like Mother Teresa today. Her name is Mama Maggie from, Mama Maggie. from Cairo, Egypt. Who, okay. 
has a persona of, mo- of oh, Mother Teresa. Oh, my goodness. Teresa. Yeah. Wow. I visited Mother Teresa's orphanage in Calcutta, uh, the, the home for the aging and dying. And so, but she was already passed away. Yeah. So, I, but I've not met her person. But that, yeah. that you juggle. So that means you juggle. Well, let me just say, I'm working on it. You're working and on it? Yes, I've always wanted to do that, and so I, I, I'm working on it. I and almost getting there. wish we had something in this in this studio for you to juggle right now just because I'm, I'm having my doubts. Like maybe right. if we had some water balloons or chainsaws or something, we could get, right. you know, or bowling I'm pins. working on it. That's the key. But it's okay. like I just think it's relaxing. It's it, it kind is. of a non-brainer thing to do, right? Impressive. So, hey, if this whole Amplify piece thing doesn't work out, there's this. <laughs> if the circus ever gets back in, you could do do some circus That's acts. A scary thought, so, but the grandma juggler. There we go. Who's got mad skills? Okay. You never know, right? Okay, we digress. I know. Okay. Well, again, so this is exciting. So, you're before you know. Let's talk about you, your personal story. What brought you to the point in your background, not in, maybe not in the, not the last few years, but really you're growing up, why you would resonate with something with peacemaking? Mm-hmm. So I was I was raised in the church. I had strong Christian parents. Always, you know, we were always the ones that the, when the door opened, always serving and doing that. And I don't ever remember a time of not loving Jesus. And so with that, though, as I have grown up and been – always involved in the church. And like you said, my husband's a lead pastor. So our entire adult life and our our marriage, we have been serving through the local church in some capacity. And, um, you know, I was pretty secure in my in my Christian faith and my and what I believed. I had it in a nice little box. Right. And I thought that box was good to go. And then about 10 years, I was invited to the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C., where they bring, you know, Every tongue, tribe, and nation, there's like generally about 160 different nations represented and different religions because they gather in the name of Jesus. It's not a huh. Christian event. Right, right. But it's like about Jesus. So you can bring in Muslims, Jews, Hindus, whatever. And it's really a beautiful picture to see mm. just this, this diversity and have conversations. Yes. So I went at the invitation because I thought it would be a really cool experience. Sure. I love to travel, meet new people. Sure. I was not prepared for God to just just get a hold of my heart and kind of mm. shake my soul. Mm. And I started having conversations and listening to some Muslim people. We mm-hmm. were with um, kind of in a suite with Muslim people from the Middle East, and they were so loving. Mm-hmm. They were talking about Jesus, mm-hmm. and when they talked about Jesus, they had tears in their eyes. Mm. And it really, it really shook my belief system because I was kind of raised in some way we kind of owned Jesus. As believers, right, right, right. right. Um, and we had hijacked him, and so it's like, what do you mean you love Jesus too? And so right. then I started asking questions, this, this whole curiosity thing, right. and asking you like, okay, what does this mean? And like, how do you identify? Are you a a Muslim still, or are you now a Christian, or whatever? And so I remember this one man sat down with me in a beautiful way for forty five minutes, just explained his journey mm. and his journey to Jesus, and I'm like. Who am I to judge, right? right? This man loves Jesus. He knew the New Testament better mm-hmm. than I did. Yeah. And so it sent me, I left that uh, that time going, okay, God, I've got a lot of questions. We need to talk. Mm-hmm. And so it just <laughs> propelled me into a journey of yes. discovery, and I got to meet people. I got to have experiences. And then so I just started traveling. Started traveling. Yeah. Okay. And what would you do? You wouldn't just go sit on a beach with a like no. a, a nice drink on the. So I just started identifying people in this journey. I didn't know who to talk to about right. it because is this okay to think differently? 
You know, it's like I was raised this way. I had Jesus in this box. Is it okay to take Jesus out of the box? Right. Is it okay to think differently and see him differently and have a different worldview? What I realized that my my faith, my belief in God had been um, informed from my Western Christian sure. background. Right. And that worldview. Right. And so what that did by meeting these other, um, you know, people of faith that love Jesus, it took mm-hmm. me into a different worldview and like kind of expanded the kingdom for me. Yes. And asking God, okay, maybe I've been so limited because of just my own life experience and where I've been raised. Mm. But remember, maybe there is a, a, a different way mm-hmm. to really yes. see the world. Right, right. And so it just, again, it propelled me on a journey. So then I wanted to meet people. Mm. And I wanted to sit with people who were different right. and hear their story mm. and sit in context. So it took me to, I've been to Iraq where I had to take out um, – uh, an insurance policy against uh, war. It was during, you know, the thing. Right. Yeah. So wow. It's really right in the middle like, of all that. How much do I believe in this? Wow. How far am I willing to go? Right. And so I realized that this really mattered to me when you're willing to take out those insurance policies. Sure. Um, and so I would sit and I would align myself and meet people that were there doing the work. And I would sit in refugee tents and mm. listen, especially to women. Mm-hmm. And so I walked away going, women have a significant voice in our world and leadership, but oftentimes, especially in many countries, and even here, their voices have been silenced for right. some reason, or yep. they've been marginalized. And I was listening to these amazing women who were impacting generations. And I just, I wanted to hear more of their story. And as I'm sitting in context in this refugee camp, listening to these women going, I used to have, you know, three cars, and I had this job, and I had right. this amazing house, and now she's sitting in this refugee tent. Right. And I just thought, that could be me. Sure, sure. But by the grace of God, it's not. Right. And so just wrestling with how do we interact as human to human, mm. right? Taking mm-hmm. away all the labels that we put on each other. Mm-hmm. And so that took me to several different countries, several different settings. And so um, with Amplify Peace, I, I ran across a quote several years ago, and it really rocked me. And it said, now that I've seen, I am responsible. Yes. Ooh, and that's so good. so I took that quote with me. And when I would see these things in here, and I would just ask God, okay, I have a new responsibility. Right. What does that look like? And that just haunted me in all the right ways. Right, right. Going, I cannot just, because once I've seen, I cannot see. Yes. And so it's like I can either lean in and lean into the discomfort and the disruption, or I can pull out where it's safe and just stay there the rest of my life. Right. I couldn't do that. You that wasn't you're, an option. You're forever different yes, as a result. Yes, it wasn't an option to stay the same. Right. So I leaned in and um, just started realizing, okay, I got to do something. And that's what led to Amplify Peace because mm. I saw really peacemaking mm-hmm. as the heart of the gospel. Yes. And how do we sit and reconcile relationships and just listen to each other and sit in that place in honor and respect. Mm-hmm. And so this is how uh, Amplify Peace evolved. Mm. And realizing the voices of women need to be heard more. So how do we really amplify voices of women that people would normally hear? Let their stories be heard from them. Mm. Yes. Not just me telling their stories, but let them tell their stories. Wow. And um, So what does amplifying look like in that context? Is it, when you say amplifying their voice, is it like you do – are you filming? Are you writing about? Or what? Tell me what that means. So we, we take people on these – we call them immersive encounters. Yeah. And we take on these things and we've, we meet with people. And so we have three operating words that we have currently identified that's really kind of been the framework for what we do. And they're listen, 
learn, and live. Mm -hmm. So how do we posture ourselves as listeners first and foremost? We're not the experts. We're not coming here to tell you. We're just asking you questions and letting you share with Mm -hmm. us. How are you feeling? What do you see? Tell us your story. Mm -hmm. And then what do we learn from that? Are we coming in as learners? Right. Not that we know it all. We have all the answers. But, you know, I can learn something from you. Yes. And you have something to teach me. So how do I lean in with curiosity? Yes. Because, you know, so many conversations. I don't know if you've been in that yeah. place because Jonathan talked, but you, you will have a conversation with somebody and they will tell you and they will answer, but they've never asked you a question. Never, it happens all the time. Right? Yep. And you walk away going, I know their whole life story. They don't even know my name. They don't, yeah. They're right? not interested. Yeah. Happens on planes. Yeah, uh, planes does. are a great place like, for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think I'm interesting. So why aren't you asking any questions? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you walk away going, I can tell you everything, but they never ask me one question. Right. And um, right. And so then after we've postured ourselves as listeners and learners, how do we live differently? Because mm-hmm. it's all about living. Like, are we mm-hmm. doing something differently? Um, and mm-hmm. so one of the things we also, we're, we're so much about, you can't, um, it's kind of not the binary thinking. Like one is right, one is wrong. Somebody's in, somebody's out. Right. Like how do we hold two truths right. that are hard? Right. But go, there's truth in both, and I'm not going to automatically say you're wrong, right. which is our world right now. So is. It's it's the polarization that's happening, the division. And right. that's that's what we've got to use our voice to right. go, God's heart for the nations mm-hmm. is unity. I think that's that's a great point because so often we just it's we see it as we see it and then we judge what we don't see or don't know or as different or uh, we say based on what I've seen it must be wrong and so yeah we often when we used to travel we used to always tell our teams it's not wrong it's just different you know before exactly. before you maybe and there's things that are wrong about other cultures and there's things that are wrong about our culture sure we 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 see them all the time right right. And so I think we just have to have that. That's a great attitude, the attitude of a listener and a learner and then living. So because you look, you've already – you're here you are, you're uh, decades later talking about a, a, a woman in a refugee camp in Iraq and what that story is now. And now it's going out to our, our audience, thousands and thousands of people are hearing her story mm-hmm. and hearing about her life and her strength and dignity that she had in the middle of that. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Incredible. yeah. It is amazing because you sit in these places and like one of the women I listened to had three days before been released from ISIS captivity where she was an ISIS wife for three years. Right. They had killed her sons and her oh husband and um, they killed her children. Yeah. And she just had one child with her. At the time of captivity, she was pregnant. And so she mm. had just been released and she's sitting across the table telling us her story because she wanted to because it's healing. Right. You know, when you're allowed to tell your story – it can be very healing. Yes. And just knowing that somebody's listening yes. with empathy and just really engaged on mm. you, it's like, okay, you care and my story matters. That's powerful. And so yeah. sitting across the table from her, there were no words. Right. And it's, it's, a, it's actually a sacred moment. Yeah. Mm. And so at the end of the conversation, she just said to us, there was only like four of us, uh, please go get the other women. Don't forget about them. Mm. And again, what's our responsibility? <laughs> yeah. We cannot forget the one matters. Right. Every life every, matters. Every life matters. Yeah. Mm. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. We have in studio today Lisa Jernigan, and we're hearing about the wonderful work of Amplify Peace. So we've talked about Iraq and and war zones, but what does it look like in America? What does Amplifying Peace look like? 
That's a great question because we have the opportunity. We don't have to travel abroad to have these amazing encounters. We can have them right here at home. Mm-hmm. And looking uh, first at our own community, looking first inside of ourselves. Can we say mm-hmm. peace starts with me? Yes. And so looking inside our own lives and then sitting at tables. And um, one of the tables and circles, we have peace circles that we try to bring people that okay. are different just together to just – Share our stories where it's safe, creating those mm-hmm. safe environments, which is so important because there's not mm. very many safety zones right, right now, right, right? Where right. I can just be me and, and you can be you and we can have this amazing right. conversation to learn from each other. Um, one of the circles or tables I sit at is um, I'm part of a movement called John 17 and it's trying to bring the voices together of, you know, Catholics and Protestants. And it's interesting how that has gotten some opposition, but it's a beautiful thing. So each week we meet in a, around a virtual table on Zoom and there's bishops and priests and there's pastors and there's lay people and there's Pentecostals and yeah. there's all different yes. beliefs. And it's beautiful because right. what we center on is Jesus right. and unity. Mm-hmm. And what could the world look like if we truly mm-hmm. live the prayer of Jesus to be one mm-hmm. and put our differences aside? And some of that yes. stuff is not worth it. But what if we came together because we're really better together? Right. Right? Oh, absolutely. So that's an example of just coming and sitting around a table going, I don't agree with you on that. Right. And you don't agree with me on that. And that that's okay. That's okay. Right. It's right. okay. But we do believe in Jesus mm-hmm. and the power of the gospel, mm-hmm. right, to transform lives. And mm-hmm. in that place we meet. Yes. So find those common places where we meet in the common places and from there. And without a face, it's easy just to say, I dismiss them, they're wrong, oh, they're this, this, or vice versa, they're dismissing us. But in, but unless you've sat and talked and the, the, the humanizing of your theology, so to sure. speak, you live sure. it live it out by by listening and being in, in in present with with people who are thinking differently, or, or you know, and maybe we can even challenge. I've changed some of my theology and my beliefs over the last twenty years in interacting. Absolutely, because I'm growing and learning, right? Evolving, <laughs> evolving. Right? Yeah, yes. well, absolutely. Yes. So, so you mentioned. I love this idea that peace circles, uh, and I. That, um, but what is it? What can churches do mm-hmm. to be more peacemaking? Exactly. I think first, be aware. And I know, like at Central, we're in a series called Love Beyond, and it's kind of like a mantra, mantra of our church. What does it look like to love beyond fear, to love beyond our comfort, to love beyond racial boundaries? Mm-hmm. This week talked about love beyond politics. Mm-hmm. Yep. That hit some buttons, yeah, right? I'm sure. Because how do we refocus on the kingdom? Right. How do we love beyond? And what, everybody has that line yeah. that I will love to this point. Right. Right. And we're having these conversations and we're coming up to the holidays, which right. the uh, holiday tables can be a very divisive, very right. conflict t- uh, place to be. Yes. And and people are even I'm having people talk about right now, like, ooh, I'm not looking forward to our Thanksgiving table. Right. 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 And so how do we just ed- as a church prepare people right. to have conversations to really love like Jesus loved mm. and to look up that God is in control. Right. No matter our circumstances, because right. we can get so caught up in what's going on. But I think the church has a responsibility to take people to, to focus more on Jesus and to go, what do we do? And it goes with what your counterculture. Right. And to be willing to take a stand. So, but being right is so important. Don't you understand? Totally. <laughs> I need to win. And I this am right, argument. right? <laughs> yes, I am so right. Yeah, exactly. I said, yeah. But how do we get over this? Like we, we're, we're told to fight for rights or we're to advocate or we really believe that socialism is going to destroy America or Trump is going to – we have these really strong passions about these issues. Shouldn't we be advocating 
for some of these things? And how do you say that in, in, from the heart of a peacemaker? What if we advocated Jesus? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And uh, you know, so many of these other things are, are so many unknowns. You know, what if this happens? Well, that, what if this happens? And as we've all discovered, and we were talking earlier about this season, we can't even predict when we can travel. Sure. And so there's so many unknowns and things can change. We saw how things change so quickly. I mean, literally overnight we shut down. Yeah. Those great looking forward to Vision 2020 (laughs) talks don't mean too much now, do they? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I think it's how do we refocus on, on looking up mm-hmm. and not getting so stuck mm-hmm. in what's happening here and trying to figure this yes. out. Yeah. And it's amazing. The Bible gives us some great examples of in the New Testament. If you think of like what context that Jesus was in and the context of the early church and just how relatively they were not worried about the absolute oppression of the Roman Empire and what Caesar is up to. It's like right. they still – our mission hasn't changed. The sh- their sharing and sh- sh- the love and word of Christ around the world didn't, didn't – sl- it didn't stop them. And even if they didn't – couldn't meet in a building, it didn't mean there weren't – God's kingdom didn't stop because they didn't have the right to worship in a huge public building or something, you know? You bring up such a great point because the early church, the movement of of the kingdom started under oppressive times mm-hmm. and with just a handful of misfits. Yes. That's and right. it gives me much comfort because I feel like very much on that company. Of, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, God, I, I'm only this. Right. But it's about you. And it's just, it's just if we can get some passionate, sold out Christ's followers that believe, and I think that's mm-hmm. what we go back to, do we believe that it's possible that God can change hearts, that God can change yes. the world? Do we believe God is still in control? It goes back to our belief. Mm. And sometimes we've stopped believing. Yeah. And uh, that's the test of what we believe, too, is like how much we're having to control someone else's ideology or thoughts, or even we think we need to control the political world or whatever. We, that sense of we wanting to control shows our lack of faith in a sovereign God. Right. That's, and we've lost yeah. control in this season yeah. with COVID. Yes. So you're seeing people go right. sideways because I don't have control. I've lost my voice. I've lost this. And right. so it's my way of being empowered. Yes. And in the middle of that, and I think that's what's so beautiful about what you're doing, is in the middle, you're giving voice to the people who probably the, the, the world gives the least amount of power to and you're lifting up what they have to say because we need to hear from them, not just the top and most powerful and seemingly important people because actually the kingdom reverses that, right? Mm-hmm. Because that actually is a, a transforming what's going on in a refugee camp or in in Bethlehem, <laughs> you know, or you know, in these small, nothing, not, not important places are where huge kingdom things are happening. Huge kingdom Broken things, but people. we don't hear about those. Yes, small things. So. Fantastic. So when when do we cross a line when our when we want to promote something when we become unpeaceful? That's a kind of a I don't know how to explain it. Like when do we advocate for something in a bad way? What when do you notice that? I think when we're we're not informed. We haven't taken the time to see the whole picture right. to inform ourselves. We just react and respond. Right. And then we become angry activists sometimes. Right. But there's a time to respond. Right. In an appropriate way. Right. And not be silent. I think for all of us, I mean, that's part of my, uh, like, tension inside is how do I use my voice mm-hmm. in, in a way that is is helpful, not mm-hmm. harmful. Mm-hmm. And that's a journey for all of us. What's the appropriate way? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're seeing social media go crazy with people yes. sideways. Yeah. And so that's not helping. Yes. And helping get us to where we need to be. Right. Um, but there are injustices that need to be dealt with. Sure. 
um, systemic issues and racism that needs sure. to be dealt with. Yes. Um, so how do we just find that space and that place? And, um, you know, for me, one of the things is allowing the conversations to happen mm-hmm. and allow people, you know, not necessarily asking people what their opinions are, but what are your feelings? Yes. Good. Oh, good. Uh-huh. Because opinions can be very divisive, but your feelings are your feelings. Right. And honoring. Like when you mm-hmm. tell me something, I got to honor your feelings because they're your feelings. Right. And so how do we create those safe places where I can share that? And, you know, honestly, it's hard for me to find safe places where I can share my feelings. Because right. a lot of times people don't want to hear them or they want to – we immediately want to debate. Right. And say why not instead of just letting a dialogue, a beautiful dialogue happen and see what can happen on the other side of that. Right. And so instead of two debaters who are on taking polar opposites, you have two people seeking to understand one another exactly. and, and, and appreciate the value that the other person has to give them in the conversation. Love, love it. <laughs> so, so we're near, getting near the end of our show. Uh, what can our, loose, our listeners do to get involved in Amplify Peace? I would love them to. We have a podcast that okay. we release each week. You can get on our site, AmplifyPeace.com, okay. and join the movement page. There's a bunch of things, we're, and we're constantly creating. We did do, like we called immersive counters globally. Those have been shut down. We have local ones that we're doing. And uh, we have a book club coming up um, club. October for, um, 1st with Danielle Strickland, who um, co-founded Amplify Peace with myself, a gal, Cheryl Nimberg, who is really engaged in the racial narrative. They're going to be a part of that. And the first book is Waging Peace, and our author is going to be with us. She was an Iraqi medic. Wow. And her perspective of peacemaking. It's fantastic. So we're going to people opportunities to connect with us, to connect with each other through the book club. So they can find out that information. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Lisa. This has been a great conversation. Love the ministry, Amplify Peace. And I pray that that, that those listening, we can get them be inspired to maybe take some new steps forward. So thank you for turning into Counterculture. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org.